0: Skiprato In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, um Apostle got on the on that subject matter of 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 Jacob. Um let me just read Genesis 33 from verse 17. Genesis 33 from verse 17. We are still praying. We'll pray a few prayers and then we'll start today's teaching. It says, And Jacob journeyed to Sukkoth. This was the same Jacob that God said, Pack your bags. Go to Bethel. Bethel means the house of the Lord. I want to show us something so we know how to pray. And then, now we've gotten to Genesis 33, verse 17. And Jacob journeyed to Succoth and built him an house and made boats for his cattle. Therefore, the name of the place is called Succoth. And Jacob came to Shalem, a city of Shechem, which is in the land of Canaan. When he came from Paddan Aram and pitched his tent before the city, and he bought a parcel of a field where he had spread his tent at the hand of the children of Hamor, Shechem's father, for an hundred pieces of money. And he erected there an altar called El Elohi Israel. Sometimes um, God, God spoke to him in Padarim, pack your bags, go where? Go to Bethel. He came here. He, got, he, he came to Shalem, a city of Shechem. Shalem is, 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 is another, pronoun, another spelling for Salem. Salem means what? It means peace. So God says, go to Bethel, the house of the Lord. Jacob found a city that was called peace. And he sat there. And he camped there. And he now put, pushed it further and raised an altar. And called the altar El Elohi Israel. God said, go to the house of God. You raised an altar in a city called Peace and named it after the God that said, go to Bethel, that you didn't go to Bethel. And if you read from that passage, the next thing that happened was that they found his daughter and the her. The next thing that happened was that his two sons went and killed an entire city such that when he eventually was going to head to Bethel, God, the Bible says that God made his dread to come upon the people because now they had destroyed the whole city and the people hated him with passion. So God had to make the people afraid so that Jacob could find his way to bed. Otherwise, they would have fallen upon him. If not for the covenant of Abraham upon his life, that that whole scenario of go to Bethel, I stop at Sal. In his own mind now, because the altar was called El Eloi Israel, the God of Israel would be there. The only thing the God of Israel did for him was to have mercy on his soul to make sure that his entire generation was not destroyed. Because by killing the sons of Shechem, you know, you, you, all of us know the story. I don't want to go there because of time. They, he took if, if he didn't stop at Shalem in the first place, nobody would have found dinner to destroy. If that didn't happen, his son, Simon and Levi, would not have gone to kill a whole city. So he brought a whole load of trouble. When he was now pronouncing blessed at the end, then he said Simon and Levi will be scattered in Israel. And they were. That's why the Levites ended up. The Levites had no allocation. God said, They are my I'm the, I'm their portion. But it is part also, it is both the fulfillment of, of God's and also their punishment for the fact that they were instruments of cruelty. Yet all of this came to pass because God said pack your bags, go to Bethel. Many times we try to appease God. You stop at a city called Peace. You are not going, even if the city is called Heaven, you will not find, you will be the only one that did not find Heaven in that city because that is not where God said stop. Remember Jonah. The the, the God said go to Nineveh. He headed to Tarshish. The, The people of Tarshish, the, the, the shipping industry was, was, was the greatest at the time. So what he did was he went to the place that he knew the best sailors were. And he was, he was confident in the... Because those people didn't only used to ship people and goods. They shipped logs of wood. Huge things on the open sea. and They were so skillful, so he felt, I'm safe here. And he went to sleep in the lower deck. And then God found it. We, the prayer this morning, the first prayer this morning, is that everywhere we have, we, we have raised altars where God did not send us. Every place that we have, we've camped, thinking because this place sounds looks beautiful, that we have camped there, that the Lord in his mercies will rescue us. The Lord in his mercies will help us. The Lord in his mercies will save us. You know, sometimes the people think because it is, that it is good does not mean it is God. The, when, when Lot was looking at Sodom and Gomorrah, what he saw was, was how lush the, the place was, how green, how much food for his cattle. He didn't know that in, in, the, in, in the judgment seat in heaven they had marked an X on Sodom. Pray. Are we praying that in the name of Jesus everywhere we have camped, everywhere in our lives where we have camped, where God didn't tell us to go. When God has said, go further, that we have come, that God would reveal those things to us and help us to correct it. Sometimes we have rested where we are not supposed to rest. Maybe this time of fasting, God is saying, make sure you fast until five. You have been packing it in at three o'clock. It is part of it. Ask the Lord would help us in the name of Jesus. That we will not say because we saw a city that is called Salem, And it sounds like, you know, (laughs) in Jesus' name we pray. The whole cunningness of Jacob, yeah. Remember that his grandfather Abraham met Melchizedek, the king of Salem. So now he sees a city called Salem and he figures Mm. I remember the stories of my grandfather. God, that guy was a representative of God. So no, nah, it's fine. We can stay here. Whereas God, the God of His Father, at that time, when when God was introducing Himself, he, he would say, "God of Abraham, God of Isaac." God was not even yet confident to call Himself God of Jacob, because Jacob was was still being Jacob, was still supplanted. This was after He had an encounter with the angel, and they struggled, and they broke His leg. He still turned around and said, "Go." To Bethel, we will now pray that in the name of Jesus, God would help us everywhere that represents Bethel. God would help us to find our way. Where that Bethel is, where peace is, peace is where God is. You raise an altar and call it El Eloi Israel. The the God that said go to Bethel, you stop that at Salem. That God would help us. We will find Bethel. in ev- ev- where, What Bethel means to us in every aspect of our life. We will find that place. We won't say because if this place looks comfortable, this place looks peaceful. Pray that the Lord would help you in every aspect of your life. You will find the house of God. You will find the dwelling place of God. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Um you know, the, I was I was uh listening to a message this week and, and the servant of God was he, 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 they they I think they did some deliverance for some tra from some for some traditional group of people and one of the warlocks started to tell him how they dealt with people. So this was one of the warlocks telling the servant of God what they do to people. So the, it was the warlock that the warlock basically took the Sabbath of God in his spiritual lesson. said, we've all had generational causes. Everybody knows generational causes. The warlock was now saying that. The, you know the way God puts insurance policies for when we make mistakes? So things like favor, just to make up for our foolishness sometimes. Speed, just to make sure for the, the time we've wasted. Things like Satan also does insurance policies. And this person was lecturing the servant of God on one of the insurance policies of Satan. He said, we Christians know what is called generational causes, but do we know what is called alternate causes? Servant of God said, what is that? He said all that when they do these things to people and they place a generational cause on, on, on someone, for example, then they also place an alternate cause on something or someone close to that person. So it is the insurance policy that if the generational cost is broken, the alternate cost can still be triggered by something that the person did or did not do. So they put it on their pet or they put it on something close to them. something that. So the day that pet maybe it comes to your bed, you are trying to sleep, the pet comes into your bed to bug you, you kick that pet. That kick that you did was the activation of the alternate. So you see that many times. Th- and, you, you know, and, and you know, I was just thinking about it. It is, it is, God will help us in Jesus' name. That the devil himself is having insurance policy that Okay, if they discover this one, they won't find it. So you see a scenario where a generational curse might be broken. And you see an activation of something else. We will pray. Every hidden, everywhere the devil is hiding, Everywhere the devil might be might be okay. You so now the devil hides behind people's pets and hides behind their children and hides behind this. Are we still praying? That in the name of Jesus, anywhere Satan might be hiding to traumatize us. Anyway that, that generational causes are broken. But there's the alternate one that is activated by another pathway in the spirit that in the name of Jesus we break it. Whether it is generational or is alternate, whether it is high, wherever it is hiding in the name of Jesus. That, that the devil will not be able to reactivate these things. Everything God has destroyed, everything God has handed in our the devil will not find a way to reactivate those things in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray. Every door that has been closed, Satan will not find a way to reactivate it every door that we have closed years ago satan will not find a way to reactivate those things in the name of jesus they are closed and they remain shut begin to declare every door that god has closed in your life remains closed every door the lord has opened remains open satan will not be able to close any door that god has opened satan will not be able to close any door that god has opened in the name of jesus we walk into doors of favor We walk into doors of goodness. We walk into doors of your power. We walk into doors of your grace. In the name of Jesus. Every door, every gate that is opened by the Lord, they stay open. Every door that has been closed, they stay closed. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lamb of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Repatolia Paratoski. Just pray in the spirit for two minutes. La Carabo Chebrandados Kitelia. Eli Karote Zeli Pratoski Paratoski Velet Zeketike Gizuzu Keli Gitike Gizuzu Maruske Delite Bredo Zuzolia Maratos Koto Gizuzopeere Tuzia Kuzuki e brato sku zeketo gelia barato su zebra ratos kite gete kizuzu peretos geteto brando zeli kato geredos sia brados geta barato si brando sku seline mas barato kebreto kuzaze yela barato skibra no zeeli barato kite kizuzu getebo sarabosh keleba in Jesus' name we pray. You know, I think I've told us before there was there was uh, there was someone that there were there were things in their life that that there were traditions they used to do in their family and this person got born again and you know broke those traditions and all that. But then the person made the mistake of letting her children go and spend holiday with one of their uncles or one of their aunties like that. So that one gathered them one morning and said, oh, there's this special tea that your great-grandmother used to make. You know you know, children excited that they are not. They ah, there's this tea that your great-grandmother used to make for all of you. So she went and made that. Whereas that tea was the renewal of covenants that had been broken over them. So by, by, by giving those children those things again. The, 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 that uncle reintroduced things that God will help us in Jesus' name. Let's have our set. We the spiritual sensitivity is not just is not just being sensitive to know when to pray or when not to pray. Spiritual sensitivity is, is knowing when to go when to stop, when to stop doing something, when to start doing something, when to extend something. Spiritual sensitivity involves wisdom, involves understanding, involves knowledge, involves a lot of things. So as we grow in, you know, in, in our capacity to pray, we must also ask that God will help us to grow. This is something we'll maybe study at some point. What growth? Why it is so important that we must keep growing in every faculty. Imagine, uh, as old as I am now, imagine if my head was not growing. Imagine my head was the size it was when my mother came back to me. <laughs> what would I look like? Imagine your hand. Imagine this hand was not growing In the same way where I... you imagine you know Joshua they, imagine if my head was the same size as Joshua's head I'm um, I'm sure I'll be I'll be the at least for those of you that love me I'll be the object of your prayer point Lord Lord increase his head <laughs> because it will mean that my my brain is is as small as it used to be you know like half of your head or two and a half percent of your head or whatever percentage of your head is missing you <laughs> means that percentage of your brain is also missing so we must grow so we must not look like spiritual caricature where your 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 prayer life is increasing but your knowledge is not increasing your habit, your your understanding of scriptures is not increasing your anointing is not increasing that that your your spiritual vision is not improving we must You know, the Bible talks of the man of God being thoroughly furnished, thoroughly furnished, balanced in every way. And, you know, I've always told us in this church that our mission is to, with the right hand, lay hands on people and say, be healed in Jesus' name. And with the left hand also say, give them resources that would help them stay on their feet. And that's what we as well must always pray. You must only we must not we must not be the people that lay hands on people and they are and they are healed and after they are healed we, we can't help them in any other way. You know, a servant of God said he did crusade one time and and God moved, people were healed and after the crusade the, the person that rented them side equipment was standing by the door like Chief Money for the equipment you rented. And didn't have it didn't happen. It sometimes it's a phase because I was showing my wife a picture of a servant of God before, so he g- he gave me hope because he <laughs> used to be skinny, not ski- like bones with with a slight covering of flesh. Okay, okay so maybe some of us will still <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. So last week we we started the topic. Don't look at me like that, yes. Um, we started topic components of effective prayer. Um, One of the things the Lord showed us last week was the, a brief recap, was the ability to, was that we saw that the Old Testament was a shadow of what Jesus, of, of the New Testament and what the Lord did. And we looked at prayer from the Old Testament, um, Exodus 30, showing us that the different, the different, you know, um, the fact that you had to inter- interact with the menorah before you could offer incense. The fact that you, you, you are not go- going to be killing goats and ram on that altar. You would have done all of that at the altar of sacrifice. You know, so we, we looked at quite a number of things in that regard. And I also, towards the end, I, I, I told us, about the need for us to grow in spiritual authority, and that one of the ways we grow in spiritual authority is through prayers. You you pray yourself into into. There are many ways you go in spiritual authority. You go in, in spiritual authority by praying. You grow in spiritual authority by 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 developing character like Jesus. You grow in spiritual authority by by being obedient. So there are many phases to growing in spiritual authority. You know, the the centurion went there and said, I'm a man under authority. He said, he didn't say, I'm a man with authority. He said, I'm a man under authority. And the fact that he was under authority gave him the license to say to other people, I said to this one, go. You understand? He said, I'm under authority. By can, but then, by virtue of being subject to authority, I also command the measure of authority that I can say to this one, "Go," and it goes. Say to this one, "Sit down there, sit down there." So anyone that is not under authority cannot wield any authority. So the more you stay under the government of God of Jesus in your life, the more the authority, the more the more authority God can conduct through you. If if God wants to conduct. You know, one of the reasons, one of the, you look at Elijah, that's not even what I'm preaching today, but look at Elijah, Elisha. Elijah called down fire from heaven. Abby, what does he do next? He tells people to grab all the prophets of Baal, 850 of them, slaughtered all of them. You know when Elisha was going to call down fire? When he was going to, did Elisha did call down fire? What did he do? He called out beer because some children were busy saying go up you bald headed man go up you bald headed man and what did he do he called beer from the and they divorced about forty of those children you know imagine the anointing of Elijah or the double portion of Elijah imagine it was someone like Peter without his interactions with the Lord Jesus what do you think would have happened <laughs> so there is a God. So when there's God, God is why sometimes it takes long for some things to manifest in our life. God needs to build your character in such a way that you can, you can, you can handle that which is coming. You know, P- Prophet Moses was saying that God will send another prophet like me. And the only prophet that ever came close that, that was that prophet was Moses, was the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, you know, Uh, Prophet Moses, the Bible calls him the meekest man on the earth. Yet when he and when he chose elders to help him in the administration, and he prayed for them, what the Bible says happened? They 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 prophesied from morning till evening. Look at how much power that Moses was carrying, and he was still the meekest man. He put some small portion on seventy people. They were just you look at look at what happened to Saul, look at Prophet Samuel and then Saul the Bible said they prophesied all day they couldn't even handle the small that was that was that was that was given to them, so God builds our character, God builds our person, and then we are such so that we are not like a dam. you know when you over overload a dam, what does it do? The dam will burst and be destroyed, so God doesn't do that God doesn't overwhelm us, God gives us according to our measure, so if you want more. The answer to having more is that you yourself should be more. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Um, So, what else did we say last week? We spoke of spiritual authority, looking at the fact that um, the number ten, for example, the number of is the number of government, is the number of creation. Um, If you read through Genesis one, Genesis two, God and God said, God said it ten times. When God was going to... How many plagues did God put on Egypt? Ten. So number ten is for creation. It's also, it's also a representation of, of God creating a civilization or God destroy, destroying a civilization. Number ten. Things like that. And you see that there were ten plagues. And I was... Like I told us last week that the Egyptians, the James and Jambres were able to match God for a season. And then he got to a and they, they could... They came and said, this is the finger. They didn't say this is the hand of God. They said, this is finger finger just one small one one little pinky like this and you saw what happened if god now came with a fist what do you think would have happened so it's authority levels and we grow in 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 such things and i also told us that in colossians 2 9 this speaks of christ being the head of principalities and power what what and because christ lives in us we have the potential to also do exactly like the lord did but the measure to which we manifest those things Is based on how much we have caused, we have grown into the stature of the fullness of Christ. Okay. So now we have gotten to all of that long speech, is to get us to where we are going today. So now, part two. Hallelujah. So, you know, I was saying that the Holy Spirit told me recently that the difference between God's intentions and God's action is man's response. God, what god wants to do is in his heart but the verse we going to use is here the bible says forever O lord your word is settled in heaven the reason is not as settled in heaven as it is on earth is, the, is because people on earth human beings have the kind of free will that doesn't really exi- that, that, that 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 doesn't really exist in heaven and us, even though angels to an extent also have free will, but they have seen enough of God to know that there is no alternative to God. But many times, men, because we have not seen God in his fullness, we, we tend to God. You know, people, the one of the reasons we children of God misbehave a lot is, is because we have not seen God the way God is. If God shocks you one time, if God turns up in your room one day, like the Lord Jesus turns up in your room one day, your your you know, <laughs> you know, John the Be- John John the Beloved. It was Jesus's friend. The Bible says he would lean on the chest of Jesus when they want to ask Jesus things. Peter would say, John ask him, ask him, ask him, and that one would lean on the chest of Jesus. And say, oh, bros J, by the way, can you tell us this and that? And Jesus would answer and say, okay, this is. By the time they got to Revelations and they saw the Lord Jesus, what happened to him? Why did he say hey, Bros Jay by the way?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. So what God wants to do and what eventually does depends on what we do. And you know, God says, This is what I want to do. Then we are supposed to create we our own role is to create an environment where God is able to do what he says he will do. I want us to start today by reading Ezekiel 22. Ezekiel chapter 22. I'm trusting God to help us this morning. Ezekiel 22 verse 23, I think. Is it Ezekiel 22 now? Let me just, Because of time, let me jump to verse 30. It says, And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it. But I found none. Therefore I have, have I poured out my indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way have I recompensed upon their heads, says the Lord. So the Lord is saying that I, I I looked for a man, somebody that will stand in the gap, somebody that will represent the land before me. But because I saw none, I poured my righteous indignation upon them. This is one of the reasons why we pray. God is always hunting for one man. It's we, we we even in even if there are one thousand of us sitting here today, God is always hunting for one man. God always wants to God does not have proxy children, God does not have uh stepchildren, God has children, God wants to deal with each person individually. So you can you you might be able to hide in the corporate for a while, but you cannot hide in the corporate forever. You have to use the corporate as a stepping stone for your own individual relationship with God. Do you understand? So, while we come together on a Sunday, we fellowship together, you're supposed to carry that fire back to your own privacy. And then you use... That kind of you use it as a ladder. You use it as 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 a stepping stone in your own relationship with God. For example, earlier this year we were we, we know we, we started the year with um, praying in the spirit, didn't we? Three hours every day. But now the question: out of that three hours, what what was your own what was your own personal dealing? That let's even ask ourselves this morning. From the, those seven days we prayed in tongues and, and, and yeah, what, what, what personal dealing came out of it for any of us? Anybody wants to tell us? What came out of it for you? Was it, did you start praying in tongues more? Did, 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 did the scripture start to open up to you in a different way more? What spiritual experience did you gain from it? Anyone? Okay. 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 Wonderful. Anybody else? What happened to you? Nothing happened to you. Hmm? Are you saying something? <laughs> You you now you you gained a new perspective of reading the scriptures. See, there are there are things that will never open up to us until we open our spirit up to the Holy Ghost more than we do. Many of us, the Holy Ghost, all of us that are born again, the Holy Ghost is in our lives. But the issue for but for some of us, the Holy Ghost is in the living room. The door of the kitchen is close to him. The door of your bedroom is a no go. He's in the compound. But he's not active. He's not. He's, he's just there as the seal of your redemption, the end. But the Holy Ghost needs to be much more. Many of us have the Holy Ghost in the car of our life, is in the back seat snoozing because you you've not given him work to do. You you have not. Had, you are not talking to him. You are not responding to him when he talks to you. You don't even answer. You know all sorts of things. But but exercises like that are meant to. Increase our spiritual capacity. Increase our spiritual. You know, when we were doing it, this this is a this. I'll give you my example of how that whole scenario went for me. So the Holy Spirit lays it on my hand and heart say, and says, every day, six it was six to nine. Everybody will gather together. We pray in the spirit for three hours for seven days. So I came. I told all of you right. And one day I was just doing my own thing, and, and the Holy Spirit said, "Oh, by the way, um, this 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 praying in tongues thing you want to do, uh, are you also going to do the same amount of time as your church members?" You know the thing with the pastor is, if 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 pastor and church members are doing the same <laughs> exercises, what qualifies you to lead them? If you, if if you, church members spend 10 minutes before God, you also spend 10 minutes before God. What is what is your, you understand me? So the Holy Ghost came and said, So, um, are you also going to do, um, what are you going to do <laughs> with your own? So I'm like, ah, We are doing three hours for prayer, Shabby. Eh, let us, we'll do the three hours and go. <laughs> Eventually, the Holy Ghost made me. We made me do six every day. Many times I will start before you. So all of you were joining me. <laughs> and when I will say good night though, I will continue. Because my own <laughs> we were doing no we were doing seven to ten, weren't we? I can't remember what we were doing. It was seven to ten. So I will start by six, finish by twelve. Every day. Every day. But that was my own personal Business in the whole, in the middle of the corporate business, and that's one thing we must always do: look for your personal angle. Must not, must not. Uh, let me put this so we are clear. Your personal angle must not go against the corporate. Your personal should be going further. For example, we we are doing prayer calf that we are we, we are doing forty days fasting for and prayer now. And we are doing prayer calf, which is every Wednesday between 7.30 and 8.30 we pray. And one of the reasons we are doing it is because I had a discussion with that. And that said, okay, your, your Bible study times, spend it praying. That doesn't excuse any of us from the morning prayer that goes on from the headquarters. It is, it is an addition to that which the corporate is doing, what would be wrong of us is to now say, okay, since the Lord is leading us to also continue praying, we are going to be doing it. When we are going to ignore what God is doing in the in the entire ministry and just do our own thing in it. If we do that, we are we are rebels. We are not we are not children of God. But the way God blesses us is I say, okay take it a step, you people take it a step further. Though you pray in the morning on Wednesday, still gather together in the evening and pray. So always look for your own personal instruction in the middle of the corporate instruction. God might say, they might, Daddy might announce tomorrow and say, everybody read one chapter of the day. And then God can come to you and say, that one chapter they said you should read, you read it three times a day. Or God says, you know, uh, 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 you know. What wh- recently we were discussing on on how how we interact with scriptures and all that. And after that conversation, my own interactions with the scriptures changed. I've added another layer. Now, when I sleep, I sleep with my my little earboard. here. Yeah. I'm sleeping, but it is plain scriptures. I'm not hearing. Sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night, and it is in, mid- it is in Luke 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 fifty. And I sleep again. By the time I wake up, again, it's in Acts 22. It's fine. I sleep. By the time I wake up in the morning, it has reached Revelation 15. It's okay. I might, you, my, my understanding might not be picking it up. But my spirit can hear it loud and clear. And something is going to come out of that exercise. So let us not just limit our exercises in the spirit to... Only the ones they tell us to do. That is how people remain stunted. Our, our pastors, our shepherds over us are not, they can tell you what a shepherd does is take, takes you where the pasture is. Have you seen shepherds grabbing grass and putting it in the mouth of the sheep? If a shepherd wants to do that for 1,000 sheep, what would happen? If the shepherd has to spoon feed all his 1,000 sheep, what do you think is going to happen to him? Do you think he will finish it? He will just fall down and die. So, servants of God, leaders of ours are supposed to show us where the food is. Show us where the uh, the brook is. But at the end of the day, you are the one that would eat for yourself. You are the one that will drink for yourself. And you are the one that determines how much you drink. You are the one that determines how much you eat. Your stomachs are not the same. Our capacities are not the same. So even though everybody is subjected to the same flow of the Spirit, what we glean from it is dependent on our capacity to interact with the Holy Spirit. So the capacity that you are building is what now helps you to be able to gain more than the next person from the same message, from the same prayer meeting. You see some people come with spectacular miracles, and you see some people come, and it's like they didn't even get nothing. The Lord will us in Jesus' name. So that is Ezekiel 22, it says, God said because he didn't find a man. We One of the prayers we must always pray is that we will, nev- we will never... <laughs> that god as long as we are here god will never want a man that when god is looking for someone to use so when god is looking for someone to put an anointing on that when god is looking for someone to pioneer something for him that as long as we are alive oh we will, God will be able to use You know, there are many people that are alive, but God cannot use for one reason or the other. Imagine, you know, children of God, sometimes we, we rely on forgiveness. God will forgive us, God will forgive us. It is true that God will forgive us. But the damage that may have been done, imagine, um, what's his name now? Uh, Joseph and Mary said, okay, we are getting married anyway. So let us, we can be doing the business before the wedding day. We'll cuckoo marry each other anyway. If they act of forgiveness, will God forgive them? Will Jesus still come through them? The prophecy says Jesus will be born of what? Did they put Mary's name there? Even if they put Mary's name, she's the only Mary there. Is she the only Mary in the land of Israel? So they will ask for forgiveness. God will forgive them. But the prophecy says the Lord Jesus will be born of a virgin. There is no forgiveness that is going to fix that part of it. So we, we should grow beyond saying, "Oh, I can go and do it and God will forgive me. To being able to... Resist. Scripture says that you have not resisted unto blood. So when you say... I um, uh it was a temptation that was high and i fell for it it's okay the 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 uh, the, what that temptation has shown you is that your capacity is not enough so when you recover and you repent what you now are supposed to do is now go on a journey that increases your capacity because what the devil does is that he pushes the same button until that button breaks or until he realizes he cannot push that button anymore. You see, our 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 screen is not on this morning because somebody broke the remote. What you need to do in your life is that you break the remote that the devil is using to tune your own channels. That he, he, he brought this one to you today, you you hit it up. You He will keep pushing your buttons until... you, that you will break the remote such that there is no connection between you and the things that Satan brings. Do we understand me? So, um, yes, as children of God, we are growing. That means that we, we, we sin less, we, we make mistakes less, we obey more, we hear God more. But you will learn the difference, one of the cardinal differences between David and Saul was that David did not commit the same sin twice. You will not hear that David did it two times. He might, do, he might go and commit another Another category. But you will not hear that he committed. He he, he said that David did not eat from the same bowl of sin twice. Once he does it, and God says, Ah, son, what have you done? Ah, Lord, I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry, sir. He will never go back again. When God had finished, you know, when he was a young man and and he saw Bathsheba, (laughs) you know, interestingly, this is a side note, but the Israelites... You know, they blame Basheba for for all of that scenario. Never mind that the Bible says number one, this was a season of war. This was like spring. It's like like in our season it will be like this March, April. When the, the 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 rain is everything is just, you know, you know, now there are no leaves on the trees. But at that point in spring, fresh leaves will be coming. So they will be able to find food for their horses. They will be able to find different things. Different things needed. The ground won't be too soggy for war. So it was it was prime time when kings will go to war and conquer more territories and conquer more territories. And And David said, I'm not going to see a I'm going to... Joab is my cousin, he know, Joab knows what to do, and Joab won't take the place for himself, so he said, fine, Joab, you guys go. says At the time when kings went to war, David figured, oh, we are, the ones we have been going all this year, I've, I've been a, a man of war since I was 17, let me chill this year. And he chilled that up. Number two, he decided to take a walk on the balcony. So, everybody else was living in a bungalow and a one-story one, one apartment. King David was on the fifth floor. So, he decided to take a walk on the fifth floor. Started to see things. He saw a woman bathing. <laughs> he still, according to the Israelites, it's still the woman's fault. Never mind the man that was from the mountain top. You are seeing things that you shouldn't be seeing. And <laughs> <laughs> there are all sorts of stories around it. Some some people believe that um, David had known Bathsheba from from day one. So it was a case of ah, that girl in my neighborhood where we grew up. Now I'm the king, and she's in my she's in my she has come back into my into my neighborhood. You know, for a long time David was running and all that. But the point is whether that's even true or not, I don't know. But that's another story about it, that. I it was his long lost girlfriend that he found, and things happened, all sorts of things. Now he, he sees Bathsheba. he sends to go and bring her. They do the deed. He, he goes. Over. She sends back to him and says. The, you notice that it wasn't Bathsheba that came to tell um, King David that she was pregnant. She sent a messenger. You notice it, she, it was that she sent someone to go and tell the king. This, when Uriah came back from war and David made him drunk and said he should go and sleep, the Bible says he didn't go home. He slept with the servants. Those same servants Uriah slept in the, on the floor with, it was one of them. That had been going back and forth between God will not surround us. <laughs> that we will not have people, ar- that God will not give us people around us that are sabotaging. The same person that was going back and forth between your wife and the king, y'all yeah, were sleeping on the floor together, were sleeping in the same apartment together. And the guy did not even tell you <laughs> what was happening. <laughs> May God deliver us from people like that in Jesus' name. And all of that, and all of that happened. He eventually killed Uriah. It wasn't only David that killed Uriah. Bathsheba contributed to the killing. She did not go and tell her husband what happened. Joab killed Uriah. All the strong men of Israel, all of them gathered. So when God, it wasn't only David. All of them contributed. Everybody that we drew from Uriah in the battlefront contributed to his death. Because Uriah trusted all of them. They were strong men in the list of, when, when, when you list this, the, the mighty men of David, Uriah the Titus there. So this same Uriah that, that, that David took his wife, he is one of the, so Uriah himself was not a slouch, he wasn't a, but, but he wasn't. He thought he was in the midst of strong men. May God give us eyes to see. When they were withdrawing, he was already in a position where he couldn't withdraw anymore. I mean it was when he turned his back that he put three arrows in his back that God would deliver us and in all that story the bad guy according to the israelites is bathsheba when you read the book of matthew gene- genealogy of jesus it says the one i want to this my sermon today has gone <laughs> it has gone the way God wants it to go i want to read it specifically the way the way they wrote it it says uh, Matthew chapter 1, verse 6. It says, And Jesse begat David the king, and David the king begat Solomon of her that had been the wife of Uriah." They, did not, they will not mention her. That's how much how much they feel she was one that caused the You know, David was the greatest. So David was the greatest king Israel ever had. Solomon was the wisest and the richest king they ever had. One was one was Bathsheba's husband, the other was Bathsheba's son. Yet they you read this list, you find Rahab, you find everybody, every other you find Ruth here, but you will not find Bathsheba that the Lord would help us, that we will not will not be victims of circumstances. No matter how nakedly she was bathing, she was in her own bathroom when David saw her. No matter how nakedly she was bathing, if David, if David did not send for her, if David did not send for her, would you have that drama? And and one thing they say about it, it is easy to say oh, she loved it. When once there is an authority differential between two people, you cannot say it was consensual. Is why you know you read in the news that people got fired. Um, I, somebody got fired. She was tw- she was a teacher, twenty two years old. She the the guy the, she slept with some student who was eighteen. Legally speaking, they are over eighteen. They can do whatever they want she was in a position of authority over him she was his teacher so once once there's an authority differential is the pastor you are the member is the is the boss she is the boss you are the so, But once there's an authority differential you cannot really come back and say it was it was consensual everybody knew what they were doing no you a, a part of your the fact that you had authority over that person would have contributed in at least a little way to them agreeing to do whatever happened next. That God will help us. We will not be in situations that will put us, our, our, our eternity in jeopardy in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, God looked for a man in Ezekiel 22, and when he didn't find a man, he poured out his wrath. You know, the Lord Jesus Christ is uh, the most powerful man that ever worked this out was the Lord Jesus Christ. And he he prayed, he prayed like, 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 Hmm. prayed as if he prayed like somebody that was powerless. He prayed like so. You know how helpless people pray. Jesus prayed as if there was no authority, even though he had all the authority, yet he still went to, you know. I I I read of a, a a a I heard of a servant of God that he he got he got born again and immediately he got born again he got anointed he, he got he got you know you know sometimes you know God is God that sometimes as we progress in God the anointing in a certain area increases but there are some people that God just looks at them and just pulls that a, a powerful anointing on them like from 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 bath like that so this young man he gave his life to Jesus and immediately the anointing for healing came upon him in a powerful way such that past people will be going to care homes to to go and check on people they will take him along because they know that by the time they are leaving all the people in the care home would end up being discharged because once he goes there and just lays his hands like this. This man just got born again. You know? Literally just got born. It's like getting born again on Sunday. And on Monday morning, you are going around laying hands on people. And healing everything. But then, he start, but then he started to rebel against authority. He will attend the church on Sunday. The pastor will say, everybody do this. He will say, no. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. He would do whatever he wants to do. He would still go to those places, lay hands on everybody. and that's what he get. People are getting, people are getting. But the authority structure that God put him under, he would not listen. He would not listen. And eventually, he got so bad that he eventually died at maybe 40-something. And at the point he died, he didn't even believe in Jesus anymore. So he probably has died and may probably gone to hell and all that. So that, 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 that we will, God will help us to recognize what authority is and help us to submit to it because authority is, all, is, is where safety is. Because when somebody says, go somewhere, and you go in the name of that person, anything that happens to you there is not your responsibility, it's the responsibility of the person that sent you. But if you have gone in your own name, then it is on you to deal with whatever happens there, and you know, many children of God would always go in their own names, and then something and say, "Oh God, I, say, I can't remember sending you where you went." If God has mercy, you know, they have taught us that the thing with mercy is that God didn't bind Himself to always have mercy on you. Do you understand? You know that God, God is God did not bind Himself. To always have, he said, "I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy." So, in the administration of mercy, he kept the administration of mercy for himself. So it is God that guarantees. It is God. Uh, uh, it is God's prerogative whether you will receive mercy or you will not. So sometimes we find you. So in, a situ, in some situations, the person can find mercy. In some situations, the God might just call the person, "Come on, your job is done. Pack your bags. Come on." will help us in Jesus name. So the um the first component of an effective prayer life of a, of an effective prayer the first component is a man. Sister Christy walk up and down. The first component of an effective prayer is a man. And the question now becomes what kind of man? Number 1, a righteous man. You find that you know uh, in Psalm 24 you are find a description of who can ascend unto the throne of the Lord verse 3, it says, who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord or who shall stand in the holy place? Remember, we spent some time last week talking about the holy place. The holy place, there are three items in the holy place. To the right, you you have the table of showbread. To the left, you have the menorah. And right in the middle of the, in front of the veil, you have the altar of incense, which is the altar of prayer, essentially. And then this psalm is saying, who can stand in the holy place? That is to say, who can stand to lift up their hands before the Father to offer incense? And then it starts to say, he that has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul unto vanity nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessings from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of them that seek him, that seek thy face, O Jacob. So, you know, when, and, and the thing about offering incenses is... is he, he, we need to go and study the, the 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 tabernacle. So, like I said, table of showbread, um, the menorah, and the altar of incense. The table of showbread. If you read the book of Leviticus, there's also they also pour a drink offering at the foot of that table, and and that is you know the Lord Jesus Christ was talking about being poured out like an you know being poured out, and basically the table of showbread is 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 a representation of the communion. There is bread, there is the drink offering. So on, 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 so basically when you stand in front of the altar of incense, that is the altar of prayer, you are flanked by the bre- bread of life. Jesus Christ, the bread of life. You are flanked by the drink offering, the Lord being poured out, the wine being poured out, basically the communion, the death, and the sacrifice of Jesus on one, on one hand, the Holy Ghost, the menorah, the golden lampstand, the seven expressions of the Holy Spirit. On the other hand, that means you don't go to, you, who do you talk to when we pray? You talk to the Father. So imagine that you you are standing in front of the altar of incense. You want to pray. The Father, the mercy seat is just beyond the veil. The mercy seat and the Ark of Covenant, they are there beyond the veil. And on your right, the Lord Jesus Christ. And on the left, the Holy Ghost. That means when you stand before God to speak, to talk to him, to pray to him, you stand on the basis of, of, of the sacrifice of Jesus on the basis of your communion with the Holy Ghost. So tell me, how do you speak to the Father if you do not have the foundation of the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ in your life? How do you communicate with the Father if you do not have the ministry of the Holy Ghost? There? How do you know what to say? What are you going to say when you stand before the Father? How do you even know what to say? And the other thing about that arrangement is, you see, there is a committee of four: Father that you are talking to, Son, Holy Spirit, and you are where you are in the middle. That is what prayer is. You pray when you pray. What you are basically doing is you are entering into a committee You know, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit—they are one. They are always in constant communication. But when you come into prayer, what happens is that you step into the middle of the Trinity. You become part of their conversation. That's why many times the way God answers our prayers is that you come away with instruction. Because what happens is now that when you finish praying, you and the Holy Ghost go together. The Lord now says, okay, on the basis of the, this arrangement we have had and the discussions we have had, these are the things we need to do. But the person that can do it is the person that has a body to function on the earth, which is you. So now you come in the power of the Holy Ghost to now go and execute what that committee spoke about. But many, so that means if you do, if it is not a committee you you attend regularly, how do you know what you are supposed to do? Where do you is where do, where do you now receive instructions from? Who now tells you what to do? If you fail to attend. The, that, that, see, that setting is so precious that that was the, the arrangement that Lucifer wanted to enter into. You know, Lucifer didn't say, I want to become the most high. He said, I want to be like. You understand? He, 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 Lucifer's intention was to now to enjoy what the what the lord what what the, the level that the, the lord Jesus Christ was with the father that was what lucifer was at, was trying to attain he wasn't he, he wasn't content with being one level below them he wanted you know the bible calls him the cherub that covered so he was privy to information that the rest of heaven were not even privy he saw god in ways that the rest of heaven did not see I've taught us before. That's why I was able... Okay, if you want to convince one third of angels to follow you, on what basis are you going to do it? You must have the stature to do it, don't you? And you must have the, 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 the information to do it. So, number one, Lucifer was able to do that because he. They, all of them knew that by virtue of being the cherub that covering, covering, talks about, you know, he, 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 he kind of limits the exposure of heaven to the glory and the power of God. Because if he doesn't do that, if God does bust out like that, the heaven might dissolve and and... And God will have to start creation again and all that. So he was. That means he saw God in ways that those one third of angels did not see God. So he could go to them and say, "Oh, you people know that me, I'm closer to God than you." And they said, "Yeah, sure." He said, "By the way, I have seen all of God, because I'm the only one that is. I'm the one that is always about the throne. So I've seen. I've seen all of God, and I can tell you, we can dethrone him." So if he was not in a privileged position, when when the disciples were when the, the the Pharisees and Sadducees were going to arrest Jesus, have you ever thought about it? Why did they need somebody to betray Jesus? Why couldn't they have you thought about it? What was the use of Judas? They were what what was the point? What, what I mean. Jesus told them I was in your temple every day you didn't you didn't you didn't why couldn't you catch me then of course it was not this time so they couldn't but it was letting them you guys saw me every day why didn't you grab me then and then he said friend are you going to betray me with a kiss what did you need Judas for number 1 Judas provided access to the inner sanctum Judas knew all the when, you know, the Bible said that Jesus took his disciples apart and they went to, and he spoke to them and he prayed with them and he taught them things. You know? you know, Jesus will come with the disciples, come to the multitude, speak to all of them. And then the Bible will say that, oh, they went privately. And then they start to ask, that, that, that parable you said outside, come and start explaining. And Jesus will start explaining. So Judas knew all the private spots. You know that when he led them, he led them straight to the garden of God, did he have a phone? Did he call someone to say, Are you guys going to be in the garden of God? Get No, he was it, because he knew what the routine was. They needed somebody who knew what the routine was and went down so that they could because many times that they wanted to grab Jesus, they couldn't. The Bible will say, Because they feared the people, so they needed to catch Jesus when the people were not there, which means they needed someone that knew. You've noticed that sometimes when they say they want to assassinate people, they look for somebody who knows the routine. And this, and this, okay, this is the route this person is likely to take. This is this is where his car will pass through. This is the spot where you can catch him. All of us have seen those movies. You you get so so they they, they needed someone who had access to the private meetings of Jesus. One, and then when they got there, they needed someone to identify Jesus because Jesus dressed and looked like the rest of them. So they could have grabbed Peter and said, "You yeah, are Jesus," and then anyway, he would have and say, "No, no, I'm not Jesus. No, I'm not Jesus." Because Jesus had already sent, you know, Jesus had sent them out too, and they have done miracles too. So if you if you brought ten people, somebody could tell Peter that it was Peter that casted out the demon in my church. That is Jesus. Someone could point to John and say, "It was John that did this," because they had gone around and done miracles in the name of Jesus too. So different people would say. We would point to different ones uh, among them and say, You are Jesus, you are Jesus. So they needed someone who knew Jesus well. That God will give us God will surround it. Looks like one of the emphasis of God today is that God will surround us with people that the devil will not be able to use against us. In the name of Jesus. That God will surround us with men that are unflappable. people. Every time that people are falling, you will look it was always with somebody in their in their neighborhood, in their, in their, in their, somebody, you know, uh, someone that I, I heard the story of for some, they they don't do this, but the friends will come and they'll bring, they brought peer pressure and they ended up doing what they weren't supposed to do. And then they ended up dying. But I told you not to do this. But he went to do it anyway because his friends grabbed him and said, let's go do it. May the Lord help us in Jesus' name. So the kind of man, I said the first component of effective prayer is the the man himself. And what kind of man? A righteous man. And I read Psalm 24. Who may stand in the holy place? What happens in the holy place? The offering of incense flanked by the Lord Jesus and and the Holy Ghost, you know. And I told us that prayer involves a committee of four. And And so I said a righteous man and number two, a willing man. You can be righteous but unwilling. You know, righteousness is, is imputed. Willingness involves your will. From the word willingness, it involves your will. You have to be willing. No, 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 you, you, you pray. That's the thing. The Holy Ghost prays for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. But you have to be a willing participant, you have to be willing to open your mouth to pray. You have to be willing. And, like, and I said, Ezekiel 22, God sought for a man. That means there was no man willing. And in Isaiah 6, verse 8, this was a meeting in heaven. and uh, Who will go for us? And prophet Isaiah said, here I am. Send me. And then God said, go. And God started to give him instructions. He, uh, he, uh, many times until we, uh, until we say, here I am, send me. God cannot begin to say, okay, now do this, now do this, now do that. So, one of the things we do in effective plane is that we present ourselves before God for next instruction. So that God can now come and say, okay, you, you come and say, Lord, this is me. I'm reporting for duty. What do you have for me today? So, you begin to see that sometimes what we call prayer is not actual prayer because prayer according to biblical pattern is what we are looking at this morning. For it to be effective, it has to be to pattern. So you in prayer, you go before God and say, here I am. What's the instruction here? Amen. And then num- I've said number one, a man which it must be a righteous man, a willing man. Number two is that a desire for the will of God. That's another component of effective praying, a desire for the will of God. Uh, Let's read a scripture, Habakkuk chapter two. A desire for the will of God says, "I'll start from verse one." He said, "I will stand." Please open it if you have your Bible here. said, "I, I will stand upon my watch, and set me upon the tower." You know there there are four watches in the night, and what happens is what happens is all this in the olden days they would have these high towers. You know the Bible yeah, my high tower, my high place, and all that. So they would have these high towers, and they have watchers. They have watchmen on the towers, and the duty of the watchman is to the tower is high, so that the watchman can see far, so that if there is an enemy approaching, he blows the shofar. And depending the sound he blows, what tells less people know what is happening. If it is just an emissary, let's say maybe representative of another kingdom that they have their banner, he blows a certain way that lets the people know that okay, it's representative of another kingdom coming. If it is a whole army coming against them, he blows it a certain It gives a certain sound that lets everybody know that. If you have go and grab your shield and your sword, war is coming. Now imagine if your watchman is 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 short sighted. What do you think will happen? Imagine if your watchman is short sighted. This is what happens when believers end up in 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 places and in 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 in, in churches where the watchman is blind. Imagine if your watchman is. Imagine if it's short sighted. Or imagine if he's blind. Or imagine your watchman slips off, so everybody's in the city enjoying themselves. The enemy is almost at the gate. The watchman is snoring. All of some of uh, those of us that had gates men growing up, <laughs> we had a gate guard one time. We've had we. I don't know where Dad finds them. We've, we've had. A There was even a time we didn't have any gates man. And uh, you know, I think that's said that story recently. We didn't have a gate man who we was sleeping. So some people, they decided to come visit that in the night, and but they didn't get in and all that. So the man saw Daddy the next day or so, some subject of they said, ah, where did you find those your gate men? Like, we, uh, like ah, where did you find these gate man? We came to your neighborhood, we couldn't get in. Those gate they were tall, they were not even playing. They, Dad already knew they were. They, it was angels they met at the gate, because there was no gatesman, and the gate was open. So if thieves wanted to walk in, they wouldn't have even stressed themselves. They would have come in, opened the door, sat in the living room, make themselves a cup of tea, before waking everybody up and say, "We are here. Where's the money in your house?" But that day, the man said, "Those your gatesmen don't play." Oh, they didn't, they were they didn't look friendly at all like I, that didn't tell you there was no gateman gate. Man at the gate. <laughs> you know it's manifestation of angels and we have had we've had some that you know gate man. we we are the ones that will wake up the gateman to say can you please open the gate we need to go out our gateman <laughs> is asleep.
1: hallelujah
0: you might be able to get by with that. If God is with you, you can get by without the physical. In the spiritual, if your watchman is blind, if he's myopic, if he's asleep, the enemy will enter and make all of you slaves. So, if the watchman over a territory is asleep, or if there are no watchmen, that's like, one of the things God is setting us up in these cities as watchmen, you see, notice the kind of prayers we've been praying about principalities, about powers, about oppressors of the land and all that. It is an indication that God is setting us up as watchmen over this cities such that something will not happen here that we will not know about. If your watchman is missing, or if your watchman is uh, what has been bribed by the devil? Imagine if the enemies had paid the watchman, and they said, "Don't worry, you and your family will keep you safe." If technically you could say, Rahab was supposed to be a watchman for Jericho. If you want to, let's 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 look at it from the perspective of Jericho. Let's say we are citizens of Jericho, and Rahab was sitting was Rehab's house was on the wall, wasn't it? Her house was on the wall. And she was a prostitute. And if people, it's usually people like that that know stuff because when men come into there and they are drunk and all that, they say, men say, there are, there are a few things that men will not say because of what they are looking for. Remember Judah slept with his own son's wife. And he said, what will you give me? And it didn't have any sense your scepter, your ring, your staff, those are symbols of your authority and power. And she said, okay, give me your staff, give me your your scepter, give me everything. And for what he did, for ten generations, God didn't care about his generation until David came. Because of what he did, sleeping with his, his son's wife. But what did she ask him for? Scepter, your staff, your ring, everything that constituted authority in the life of Judah, he handed it to her. Same thing with Samson. If God doesn't help brothers, she <laughs> <laughs> brothers shout hallelujah. <laughs> so, so you know, looking at it from Jericho's perspective, looking at it from Jericho's perspective, a woman is a prostitute. You know, when they were, you know, they were looking for the spies, they would have gone to ask her that did some foreign men come in here and all that, and and she would have said, no. So from Jericho's perspective, that was a, a, a watchman or a watchwoman that had sold out their entire city because the spies said, you just put the scarlet cord at the window and make sure that your entire family, there with you. So she gathered her family together, put the scarlet cord there, and she legit sold out Jericho to the Israelites because if she had handed the spies over, of course, they would still have taken the city, but they wouldn't have had. And uh, 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 you know military strategy involves an outlay. Even though the wall will break, you still need to kill the remaining soldiers. Okay, um, to the left is where they keep this infantry. To the right is where they do this. Further down is where the the what do you call it? The king's uh, palace is so. If we if we go straight down the street and go left, we'll be able to enter the palace. And once we capture the king, you can make everybody else surrender. So that's why the spies needed to go there. Okay, this is what Jericho has This is what Jericho does now. This is the kind of capacity they have. No, but the woman that was on the tower sold them out and kept the spies. So if the watchman over his city is asleep is missing, is compromised. One of the reasons why many children of God get lost in this generation is because the set men over them, the holes over them are compromised. I, I, was, I, I was telling the story of a, a church where the, the, some Baba powerful people said, okay, pastor, we'll set you up, we'll help you. The only condition is that once a year we'll be fishing in your church. That is, we'll be catching somebody for human sacrifice. And the pastor agreed. So the pastor is turning up every day, looking fancy, looking beautiful. Whereas, every year, somebody in that place would die to keep things going. For example. So when the, when the watchmen, people that are supposed to pray, people that are supposed to watch over souls, when they are compromised, it is the people that pay. Most times, the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. So I said the desire for the will of God, and I got on that watchman topic by reading Habakkuk chapter two. I stand on my watch. So now, a good this is an example of a good watchman. A Prayerful man he said, "I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower, and we will, will watch to see what he will say to me, and what I shall answer when I am reproved." Two things: realize that he stood there and say and said, "I will see what he will say to me." He didn't say, I will see what I will say to him. Then the second sentence, he said, and what I shall answer. He didn't say what I shall ask. He said what I would answer when I'm. So, is there, number one, waiting for what the Lord will say? Number two, wait, watching what he would answer when the Lord speaks? It is not every time you go to God in prayer that you start opening your mouth. There are times when you prayer. There are times where the definition of prayer is that you just go there and say, Lord, I have come, and you sit down there quietly. Of course, in that process, maybe a scripture comes into your mind and you start to meditate on it, and the Holy Ghost starts to expand it on you, but what you are primarily doing is waiting for what the Lord will say. It is not every time. Every, imagine you have a child, every time you want to talk to that, anytime time you have an interaction with that child, the child does opens his mouth and starts talking and doesn't let you talk. Is that communication. So if the only time you pray is when you have needs, you just go to God and say, oh, God, by the way, I have come. My school fees is due. My house rent is due. I can't afford the council tax. I need a new car. I need a five-bedroom apartment. In Jesus' name, we pray, you have gone. Come back tomorrow, repeat. Come back tomorrow, repeat. You are the only one who thinks you are praying. God doesn't think you are praying. Because communicate. prayer is not a one-way it's not, it's, it is not a radio channel. It's a phone conversation. God, it's you can talk. You know when you are listening to the radio, you can't, except you do phone in. But when you are listening to the radio, it's a one-way track. The man is just talking. To, and when you are tired, of it, what do you do? That's why people can pray. You can see people praying for a long time and it looks like God is not even listening because they are the ones who think they are praying. They have not even given God a chance to speak. Now we help us in Jesus' name. In in Romans chapter 8, verse 26, it says, uh, For the Spirit helps our infirmities because we do not know what to pray. Or what we or, how, or what, how we ought to pray, so there are two things there. The fact that number one, you do not know what to pray, and number two, in case you now know what to pray, you do not know how to pray what you think you know what to pray. How there is the what, there is the how, it says likewise, the spirit also helps our infirmities, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the spirit itself makes intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. We do not know what we should pray the way we should. So, number one, you do not know whether this morning you are supposed to say, Lord, um, you know, we pray interesting prayers, Lord, you know, (laughs) as, as I'm going out today, uh, Lord go with me um, if you don't pray the prayer God will sit at all while you go out eh? Lord go with me uh, you know it's it's religious Lord go with me do you leave him at home when you lock the door so you leave God in the living room and you lock the door and you bounce and go and do it. Okay. if I don't pray he won't go with me so follow me No, God is always with you, and we can always, in fact, one of the ways to live our life is to be in constant communication with God. That every 30 minutes, every 45 minutes, you say, oh, oh God, Holy Spirit, this is just me checking in. Um, um, Help me, strengthen me, uh, let me know your will, let me know your mind it is not until you kneel down and you are you are sweating blood while you are praying that's not the only time you pray you you can pray you can be in constant communication with god the sound of god was saying that they were asking that how come you have this wonderful awesome experiences he said there are even times that because he's traveling so much that there are even times that he doesn't even get time to study his bible the way he wants so, that, But that what he has learned to do over time is to meditate on Scripture. So he, he can take Romans 8.26 and just be thinking about it and thinking, and thinking and thinking about it. And then when he goes gets to where he's going to preach, that is the verse he's going to mention. And you will see powerful things that the Holy Ghost will do. It, sometimes you can jump from verse to verse to verse. Sometimes it can be the only one. It's the same thing with singing. Sometimes you can sing six, eight, six, eight, nine, ten songs until you land on a particular song, and that song is like you're transporting to the presence of God. Sometimes it can be the very first song you sing. On Friday, I was at the vigil where we were I having vigil, and I was telling my wife, like a few minutes to the vigil, I was, I was telling her that I am so sure. That at some point in this vigil everybody's going to hear me snoring. I because I was the way I was tired, I was like, who sent me now? Like, who's who, who sent me? But but I knew God wanted us to pray. And you saw the prayers we prayed. You saw how the prayer eventually went. You know, but in my mind I'm thinking, and and one thing I don't like to do is to lie down when I'm praying. But that Friday I was so tired that I just laid down on the sofa. I put my iPad on my chest with Zoom and everything, so I was lying down with a pillow, and I'm thinking, "Oh my God, this is this is the recipe for sleep." So I said, oh, "Holy Spirit, please <laughs> save me here," so that the person didn't pray. <laughs> imagine, imagine I start snoring, <laughs> and I'm I'm the one in charge of the Zoom, and I keep snoring, and and you know it will be so funny, but. And then while I was at it, that was where that song came. What's the song again? We shall not speak of that but uh what was the song again that came on, on Friday? It's in the church group if anybody can find it. But basically as I sta- I, I started to sing that song about about fifteen to twenty minutes. Uh, who is worthy to be praised I started to sing that song about 20 minutes before Vigil started and I sang it and, I sang, and I've been singing it since Friday I sang it yesterday I, I, I have not sang it today but basically once I started to sing that song everything about sleep just left just left that, that, so I know that my attendance of Vigil on Friday was because <laughs> the Holy Spirit came with the song if he didn't you would have prayed that you would have done that video by yourself. Maybe I would have just come and just been like, Guys, I'm sorry, <laughs> you can't continue without me. Maybe Pastor Busi was there. I would have just said, ah, Pastor Busi, can you continue this service, please? I mute my mic and I sleep. Hallelujah. So, Romans 8.26, we do not know what to pray and we do not know how. So the only it is in, in, in now knowing the protocol of how to approach God that the silence it is in that silence in that in finding that peace in your mind that that what to pray. Also on that Friday, for example, normally usually the Holy Spirit would give me a few prayer points to pray and, and all that. On Friday, he didn't. So, even up until the time where we have started praying, we have done more than an hour, we were finishing the second hour, we were, we were starting the second hour. I had zero prayer points for anybody. But while we continued like that, then the prayer points came and we prayed them and we closed. If we didn't want to stop where we stopped and wanted to pray more, we would have still had more prayer points to keep praying. So we, we while it is good for example now we are doing forty days fasting and prayer and every day they send us prayer focus. Prayer focus is not the begin should, must not be the beginning and the end of the prayers you pray. That everything you pray is within the prayer focus for that. That is not the reason why they give us prayer focus. Prayer focus from the name. Prayer focus. It gi- what it does, is it gives you a starting point. It gives you a direction to face. But when you face that, it's like, somebody says, where is Buckingham Palace? And I say, it is that way. Generally speaking, it is that way. But when you are going to go there, there will be times you go, you go forward, there will be times you go left. There will be times you go right. Abby? There will be times you take a turn. Your boss might even end up being on diversion. So he goes round. But ultimately, you are still going that way. So that's what prayer focus is. You are still going that way. But but then the Holy Ghost comes with the step by step. You say, you pray a prayer. Maybe the prayer says, Lord, help me so that I can be more sensitive to you. That is, let's say, that's the Prayer point number one in the prayer focus. And then at where well, you are praying that the Holy Ghost comes and says, Um, repent of the last disobedience you the last disobedience you did. Hard prayer of repentance. So you are praying for increased sensitivity, for example, and the Holy Ghost comes and says, Prayer of repentance. Pray. Repent for the last one you that I told you that you disobeyed. It is still in the direction of sensitivity. But the subplot now is repent for your last disobedience, or, um, or, God. okay. For example, now the Lord Jesus went to the pool of Bethsaida, uh and he healed one man. Isn't it? He went there. The man had been there for thirty-eight years. In in Hebrew culture, you, you when you normally they say you give people forty lashes. How many lashes did they give Jesus? Thirty-nine. So in Hebrew culture, you cannot give somebody more than forty. So what usually happens is now that, you know the kind of whips they use. Those whips are very long, and they, there is a certain way. It is a skill. To, like we had teachers in I growing up in secondary school that that were skillful in beating us. We had one teacher that at the time on the assembly ground we could be eight hundred. He he would tell the other teachers to go and chill because he was about to display his ability to whoop 800 children. Believe you me, the best way to get out of that man's clutch was just start crying before he gets to you because sometimes he takes it as, as a professional offense that he beat you, you did not cry. <laughs> so he would will, make... He will <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> so the Lord Jesus got to, the, to to that pool that they found a man 38, um, 38 years he be, he's been there. Normally you don't beat people more than 40 lashes. So what they do is that they limit it to 39 in case the whip goes twice. Because if he gets to 40 then that person must collect the whip and whoop you. You that whooped him the person must take the whip from you and whoop you because you went over So, this man had done 38 years. He was in his 39th year. Whatever generational issue he had, the year 39 was the conclusion of whatever issue he had. So, the Lord steps in in his 39th year now. And the Lord just did not even ask him, story, do you want to be healed? Basically, what the Lord just came to do was to draw the conclusion over the problem that the man had. And he did that and he left. Did Jesus not carry enough anointing to heal everybody that was there? If he wanted to, every, he could empty that pool if he wanted. But because he was under the government of the Holy Ghost, he went there, he healed one man and walked away. So even ministering under the, under the, under the anointing sometimes, you might be having compassion to pray for 50 people whereas God has sent you to one. Not because God doesn't want the other people to, but because he, he, they, are, they will eventually get healed at some point. But it, it is you that God is seeing if I can regulate, if, if I give you more of this power and influence, can I still regulate you? And the Lord Jesus passed that testing. When they healed one person and left, he got to his own city. The Bible says he wanted to do mighty miracles, but he could not. So, that, that the, he could not was that the Holy ghost said not today because if he was left to jesus alone would he not have done miracles in his own city the bible said he wanted to so you know people people when people talk of the lord jesus when he was and people act as if he didn't have any will of his own many many times in the scriptures you will see there are examples where you will know that jesus had an opinion that was a bit contrary to what the father wanted. But what he always did was anytime time he had his opinion that was contrary, he would hide that opinion and say, Lord, in the Garden of Gethsemane, what was the prayer he prayed? He said, Lord, um, um, can you, if it's possible, can this, can this cup, can, we, can I no longer, this was what he came for. This was what he had spent 33 years on the heart for, 33 and a half years for. And now it's time to do it. And then he says, um, if, it is, if, it is, if it is possible, if it is possible, can we can we can we cancel what I came to do? Can we kibosh this whole matter? And can I go back to heaven?" And at that point, you did. <laughs> So you see, it starts with, but there was never a time that the Lord Jesus allowed his own will to get in the way of God wanted to do. He wanted to heal. He would have loved, you know, you know, sometimes uh, as, as, as servants of God, maybe you, 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 you felt you've, you've ended up in shame in, in, in an area before. And now that the power has come, you want to go back and show them. And and the Holy Ghost says, not today. You're like, "Ah, let me just let me just pray for one crippled person. If you go ahead by yourself and do that prayer, the crippled man might walk, but when you and God get to your private corner, the conversation you will have will be a very difficult one for you. Moses speak to the rock, it will give water. Moses spoke to the rock, it gave water. The second time. No, God said, um, strike the rock. He struck the rock. water The second time, God said, speak to the rock. Moses went there and said, you stiff-necked people. You know, <coughs> may the Lord help us in Jesus' name. Earlier, when God was having issues with Israel, God said, Moses, tell them that they are a stiff-necked people. It was God that told Moses to tell the Israelites that they were a stiff-necked people. And it, but this time, God didn't send him. So he, God said, speak to the rock. God didn't say speak to the Israelites. He said, speak to the rock. Moses spoke to Israel. Israelites, you stiff-necked people. Shall we? Yeah. Now it is we, she. It is no longer God doing it. Now it is shall we? You know, because you have become God's contractor now. <laughs> Shall we provide water for you, these stiff-naked people out of the rock? And he went to the rock. Bah! God said, speak. He spoke to the people who smote the rock. Did water come out or not? Water gushed. That That's the reason why one of the soldiers went to the Lord Jesus, poked him on the side with a spear, because Moses... Water came out. People drank. They were happy. When he got back to God, what did God say? God said, because you have not honoured me before the people. Forget about that promise. He said he prayed. Later when Moses was referring to him, he said he prayed and God said, don't ever mention that matter in my ear again. That was also when on the month of Transfiguration. When people say, what was the Lord and Moses and Elijah talking about? The month of God? Moses, he came to apologize again. Like, that stupidity that I did that time. I've come I know you're about to suffer your suffering has doubled because of what because the Bible says the rock was Christ. So it basically complicated the suffering. The Lord Jesus suffered more than he should because Moses, who was the only prophet that came in the line of the Lord Jesus in that regard as a savior, you can draw so many parallels. At some point in the life of Moses, when he ran to Midian, it was God that said, "You can go back to Jinnah, The people seeking your life are dead." What did Jesus? What did the Lord say to Joseph? The people seeking the life of the child are dead. You can't. You can't. What was the instruction of Pharaoh to the children of in Egypt? He said, "When they want to have children, just throw them in the water, just kill them." What was the instruction in the days of Jesus? Everybody two years younger. So you can you the two of them were saviors, and so the one the first person that came, that's why Moses was called the law. Because it was the embodiment of the law and eventually failed because the law is a shadow. So Moses came in the shadow of the Lord Jesus Christ and he failed and then he complicated the suffering of the Lord. And so he came and said, excuse me sir, um, I know I've been apologizing since we have been in heaven together all these years but I have, to, I have to apologize again. Please forgive me. And then he's now going to come back at the end as one of the two witnesses and He's going to get killed himself. You know, it was God that killed him the first time. The Antichrist is going to kill him the next time. Now we are passing Jesus' name. Let me stop here today. We'll continue this at some point. Wherever you are, just bow down your heads this morning. Hmm. Holy fire burn upon my altar. From within me, Spirit
1: you take over. Holy fire burn upon my altar. Holy fire burn upon my altar. From within me, Spirit, you take over. Holy fire, burn upon my. Holy fire, hey. holy, fire. holy fire. Holy fire, holy fire, burn upon my. Fire, hey. Holy fire ah, holy fire.
0: Holy
1: fire burn upon my heart. Just ask the Lord to kindle
0: his fire of prayer in your life again. Hmm. Just ask God to kindle a fire upon your fire. altar again. Because the altar has to be rightly situated, Jacob got to the land of Shechem, the land of Shalem. He, 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 he raised an altar and called it Hallelujah Israel. Whereas the altar in Bethel was waiting for him. That Lord, if, if the altar in my life is whatever altar is broken down in my life, Lord, put, help me to put it together again. Whatever altar, whatever place of agreement we have with the Lord that is broken, that the Lord will restore in the name of Jesus that God will kindle your fire again the fi- all the fires they were using in the, uh, in, the, in the temple, in the tabernacle it was God himself that kindled that fire in the name of Jesus that Lord will kindle that fire again and it will never run dry that's why when the Holy Ghost came He came as tongues of fire it is God that kindles that f- it is his own fire, not yours not strange fire ask that the Lord will kindle that fire again upon our altar that we will burn for him who born for him? Who born for him? Who born for him? Ekaroske parata palia palande, Maruska baboratoske bereto venatas, Jekatoski brana huske pelehedos, Kali katoske branda brandaposke tegeli debos, Maretoski ma madeli ma bereto, Zivalatoski bratoske talia manamose. Maratos venatoskila, Jeketosa, kete, Maratoski Marote veletoski holy fire, hey, holy, hey, fire, hey, holy, hey, fire hey, holy
1: fire, hey, holy fire, hey, holy fire, hey, holy fire, hey. Upon altar. Holy, fire, hey, hey. holy fire, holy fire, holy fire, holy fire, holy fire, burn up, holy fire, holy fire, holy fire. Holy fire Holy fire fire Burn upon our altar Holy fire Holy fire Holy fire Holy fire fire Burn upon my altar (laughs) Holy, fire, hey. holy, fire, holy, fire, hey. holy hey. fire, holy fire, holy fire, holy fire burn upon my Holy fire, holy fire, holy fire, holy fire. Holy fire burn up our i want us to time. just take a
0: few moments to if you need to set things right with god we we there is repentance from sin there is repent there's also repentance from the lack of faith actions you say whatever is not of faith is sin so there is sin in the context of 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 of, you know, all these lies, adultery, fornication. But there's also sin in the context of not doing things that are of faith. So if you just take a few moments to set yourself right with God this morning, because we are going to reenact here. Is there an anointing earlier? We are going to take communion. So first things first, set yourself right with the Father. Tell God, every word that you are not right with Him, repent. Repent. Every, maybe He has told you something, you have not done it, repent. Maybe He has laid something upon your spirit and you have not done it, repent. And just say, Lord, forgive me. Ask, I ask for mercy. I ask for mercy. I ask for mercy. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me, have mercy on me. Barus brahato keveletosia. Me. Have mercy on me, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me, have mercy on me, have mercy on me. In Jesus' name we pray. Uh, let's just pass the communion bowl around. Like I said, in the, the arrangement of the holy place is you have the altar of incense in front, you have the, thank you, you have the table of showbread where there had to be freshly baked bread every time, and then you had the Holy Ghost. So we are taking communion this morning as a, as a, an enactment of that which the Lord has, of, of the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus. And also we would ask for a fresh filling of the Holy Ghost. We will complete that Holy Ghost trinity to this morning. So we have asked the Father for forgiveness, for righting our wrongs. We will take the communion and then we ask for a fresh filling of the Holy Ghost. Do we understand? Yes, so lift up your communion elements as we pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up this bread and this wine, Glory. symbols of the flesh and the blood of Jesus. We do this in remember. You said we should do this in remembrance of you. You called it the cup of blessing. We also do this because it's a it's an element of 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 approaching the Father from the holy place. That Lord, as we take this bread and this wine, the sacrifice, the, the, the there will be a, a greater reality, a greater understanding of the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus in the name of Jesus. That Lord is the bread of life. That we would have would as we as we interact more. That Lord, we are coming to an, a fresh understanding. Our spirit, our souls, and our bodies are nourished in the name of Jesus. Yeah. That As we drink of the river of life, as we drink of the, of the of the of, of the of the wine of the Spirit that we, we, we are energized, we are strengthened in the name of Jesus. The Bible says that food was brought for Elijah and, and, and he drank of the brook. And the Bible says, they brought another round of food. He had taken. The Bible says, He went in the strength of that one meal for 40 days to the mountain of God. That Lord, as we take of this spiritual meal, we receive grace to journey in these 40 days. The grace to journey until we find you. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. So you can take the communion. And then I want you to take a couple of minutes to pray for yourself. Ask for a fresh feeling of the Holy Ghost. Ask that the Holy Ghost will feel you afresh. You cannot pray without the Holy Ghost. You cannot pray without the Holy Ghost. You cannot speak to the Father without the help of the Holy Ghost. He is the one that knows what you should say. He is the one that knows how you should say So take a few minutes and just ask the Lord a fresh feeling, a fresh feeling, a fresh feeling. Fresh feeling in the name of Jesus. Feel us afresh, Father. Fill us afresh, Father, fill us afresh, Father. Feel us afresh, Father. Feel us afresh, Father. In the name of Jesus. Feel us afresh. Feel us afresh. We ask for a fresh feeling, like the apostles did, like the, the church did in those days. Even after Pentecost, they came and said, Feel us. And you feel them again, and the house where they were where I was shaking. Let there be a shaking. Feel us afresh with fire, with your person again and again and again. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Just put your right hand on your head as we pray. Father, in the name of Jesus. We ask for a fresh feeling of the Holy Ghost. Fill us afresh from the youngest of us to the oldest of us in the name of Jesus. Fill us afresh. Fill us afresh. Fill us afresh. Feel us afresh. Recaposes the Libra Hantus fill us afresh in the name of Jesus. Feel us afresh, feel us afresh, if feel us afresh, feel us afresh, feel us afresh, feel afresh, in the name of Jesus. feel us afresh, feel us afresh, feel us afresh, feel us afresh, us afresh, feel us afresh, in the name of Jesus, feel us afresh, in the name of Jesus, feel us afresh, in the name of Jesus, that we see you in a new way, we see you in a different way. And your name be glorified, and your counsel established. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. If you have, let me just pray on our offerings as we close this service. Our tighten and our offerings. Um, the daily prayer meetings continue tomorrow. That ministry, six to seven a.m. Nigerian time. That makes it five to six a.m. here. I'm sure you've been you've been enjoying the powerful prayers that we have been praying. It continues tomorrow in the name of Jesus. We'd also have our prayer calf on Wednesday. We must not miss that in Jesus' name. Lord, I bless the offering of your people. cause I ask that you multiply unto them. Also, I pray for their thighs; They've been faithful. Lord, that you showed them what, what it looks like when you are faithful to a man. In the name of Jesus, overwhelm them with blessings that everywhere we turn, you they will find favor, will find grace in the name of Jesus. Thank you because this week is blessed. In Jesus' name we pray. Isaiah 50, I'll just read it and you just say amen. For the Lord God would help us. Therefore, we shall not be confounded. Therefore, have we set our faces like a flint and we know that we shall not be ashamed. Thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you. Have a wonderful week.